Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. My name is Caroline Stocks, Managing Editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Genevieve Huard, who's a veterinarian at Hendrix Genetics in Ontario, Canada. Genevieve, thank you very much for joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you for uh, asking me to be here today. Now, when it comes to understanding salmonella and how it gets into poultry flocks, a lot of the focus in the past has been on uh, looking at feeding ingredients and contamination in the mill. Can you explain a little bit about how salmonella actually gets into feed? Uh, like all the raw ingredients, you know, in, with the crops and the byproducts, um, the contamination of those is quite frequent. Uh, just by being, um, uh, because salmonella is ubiquitous, so you can find it in the dirt, the animals can also carry it. So quite frequent to have positive uh, crops. The same that goes with the, the byproduct. Cross-contamination that we talk about on farms with biosecurity also happens for, in the crop. Uh, environment. So if you use dirty uh, transporters, if you use dirty carriers, if your storage is dirty, then even if you have clean crops, you're going to get increased contamination from that. So a lot of the contamination of salmonella in the feed ingredients can happen because of cross-contamination, because of storage, transport, more than just the field. Even if on the in the field, you can do get salmonella. It just, uh, the contamination is exponential following the steps after that. What have feed mills been doing to try and uh, address the problem or trying to limit the amount of salmonella in their feed? Well, you know, just taking uh, samples of your feed ingredient just to know what's in there. Um, if you have positive, it's not about to, it's not about panicking about it, but it's to be aware. And then at some point you can be able to track some of your uh, suppliers that have maybe a bit more salmonella than others, then you can follow up with them on if it's possible to implement some measures to maybe reduce that. Because if you start with less salmonella in your meal and your ingredient, then it will be easier for you after that to have free, uh, free salmonella feed. Um, and then I think trying to uh, ask the question, be aware of it, uh, will already put some pressure on the uh, suppliers of feed ingredient. And if you select your suppliers based on that, then uh, it shows that you're committed to it. Now, actually, at the feed mill, there are um, measures that can be taken in terms of treating the feed. So heat is, is one option. Is that correct? And then there's also um, chemical options. Can you just talk us through how those those? Yeah. Work? So basically, the first step is to try to get uh, the feed ingredient with the less possible salmonella, which is it won't be zero, but you can reduce them. And then when you get at the meal, um, what's important is the biosecurity of the meal too, to make sure that cross-contamination doesn't happen. And then to get your some your feed ingredients to zero, then there's different treatment. Like you said, you can use it by heat. You can also do it by uh, chemicals. The heat one, um, for example, in France, it's used a lot. And the problem with heating, it's, it's working really well, but it's also uh, degrading other part of the feed. So... Uh, you have to be conscious of it. The other treatment that is more um, done in within North America is chemicals. So the, the most common one that's been uh, used for many, many years is using formaldehyde-based products. And uh, you can um, a 
apply it to different uh, level in your feed, depending on what's your goal or how contaminated is your feed at the beginning. And um, it's been working really well. And, uh, but after treatment, um, the the product says that they have some uh, long acting effect, but in our case, we had on the farms, it was not sufficient to prevent a cross contamination following the treatment. So even if you apply the chemical treatment in your meal and you get it negative, you have to be careful for any chance of cross-contaminating afterward between the feed meal storing and the delivery on the farm and the storage of the farm. You mentioned the um, feed storage. I guess location of the of the feed bin is also very important on farms. Yes, uh, because when we fill up the feed bins, um, often there's some dust that is created, and um, it's the storage where the feed is stored is important, not necessarily for the feed, but for the rest of the farm biosecurity, uh, because that little dust would attract um, pests and like birds or small animals that you don't see, and that creates traffic on your farm. And then so if you have your feed bins by your barn entrance, then you're maybe not aware of all the salmonella that could be uh, surrounding your entrance. And then you have to walk there every day to come in and out. So it might be a good idea to have the feed bins uh, in a location that you don't walk as often or that you can prevent cross-contamination from outside to inside. We also recommend to use system like Danish entries that prevent those kind of errors. Um, so Danish entries is when you come into a barn, then you have a complete switch of boots um, and um, equip, uh, clothing before going into the barn. If you don't have a physical barrier, people would just go over the clean and dirty side, and then you can create cross-contamination that can reach your birds. So uh, the kind of test uh, we do internally here within my company is uh, we do a monthly uh, feed meal sampling. So in every area of the feed meal, uh, we take uh, environmental samples for salmonella. So then it depends also how comfortable you feel about your feed meal. So if a feed meal has more issue, then at the beginning, maybe the frequency could be increased. But at some point, you could decrease the frequency when you feel things are stable. So it's always depend on your situation. But that's what we do once a month at the meal. We also do uh, the vehicles uh, twice a month, too. And we do the outside of the feed truck. We do also the inside um, where the feed is stored. And we also do the driver's cabin. And uh, we make sure to also sample uh, those uh, small areas that are often forgotten, like the controllers or the the feed pipe storage location on the truck to um, to really capture the real um, status of the trucks. So being able to target where you sample will uh, improve your um, quality of your monitoring. So we also sample the feed ingredient just to be aware of what's uh, in the feed. In your uh, presentation at AAAP, you mentioned that uh, in Ontario, Hendrix has had 19 years of, of salmonella breeder flocks for both turkeys and layers. How much focus has there been there um, to address the challenges both at the female and, and the farm and, and, and how much work has been done together to try and um, or to achieve that, that status? It's really a culture uh, in the employees. The employees are really proud of it and they really took ownership of being salmonella free. You have to, to start by having the buy-in of all your employees, senior management, and everyone included. Um, because biosecurity is hard, everyone, everything needs to be in place to really work. 
Um, so it was a lot of sweat, a lot of work. Um, but you know, just by using biosecurity, you can you can do it. Um, you just need to be really careful to the details and use every situation as a learning opportunities. It's about being focused on the problem and stop pointing fingers. I think you have to be focusing, yeah, problem oriented and not people oriented. And I think if you do that, you'll make your life so much easier. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.